Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Gorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. And we welcome you to today's show. All right, well, hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Everyday Church Podcast. It's uh, good to be with you. We are... Uh, doing our podcast today from uh, Victor Harbour in South Australia. Uh, we're actually at a uh, church getaway camp, and, and at the moment, me and Barry are sitting here in the car, um, and we're looking out on the bluff, really, and we're just looking out at the the coast and the greenery. Um, the photo you would have seen on our Instagram um, or on our Facebook page is what we're seeing right now. The photo you see um, is taken from the dash of our car, um, and it's it's quite serene. I think we're actually in a different uh, kind of kind of mood today. A little, bit, a little bit more mellow, really, when you think about it. Yeah, and hopefully our, our, our voices will be a bit more bassy and um, encapsulated. Like Ma- manly. Manly, because we're, we're in a car. So our, our apologies if it's uh, a little bit more loud. Um, also, any apologies for if you hear any people. We're actually in a car park right now, and there are people Everywhere. who are around. Um, we have been sitting here for quite a while, actually. Um, they were, we were about to start, and then uh, another car pulled up next to us, and they sat in front of our car, which, one, ruined their view. Which, yes. can't, which really kind of ruins all our inspiration um, and then began to talk quite quite loudly. And, and of course, we can't control that, so we've just been sitting here. Um, but today, we're going to kind of follow on from what we discussed in our last episode to, and, and kind of um, go a little bit deeper into it. Last episode, we spoke about um, simplifying ministry. Um, and today, we, we, we've kind of uh, titled it Dreaming, Not Scheming. And, and, and the reason behind that is because there, there are obviously two ways, I think, that you can really do ministry. You can do one where it's uh, full of goals and dreams and it's more of a spiritual side. And then there's this temptation that we've been seeing that ministry is all about strategic planning. It's about models. It's about um, uh, efficiency. And, and there's, there's, it's very different. And we're going to try and um, unpack that to the best of our ability today for you um, to really help you move forward in your ministry and we're actually trying to do it for ourselves as well to move ourselves forward in our ministries. Yeah, we are. Hey, um, Jordy, there's nothing wrong with being strategic. I mean, mm. and there's nothing wrong with um, uh, mapping things out and planning things out. Yeah. I think for me the struggle is is when we think that um, that uh, we replace God in that whole process. Mm. So, so you know, nothing wrong with strategies, nothing wrong with trying to, get things going, but if we're doing it in our own strength and it's not not really uh, got a God focus on it, but we just think we can run a program and the program results will be fruitful, mm. then I kind of think we missed the point of the adventure of faith and how God wants to use the church and, and how uh, we can see God do amazing things in our midst. Yeah, and I think with that as well, I think you're 100% right. Um, but I think with that, there's also then this um, over-glorification of ministry models as well. Mm. Is you start seeing, oh, well, that's how that church leader is is doing this. If we do that the way they're doing it, it's going to work for us. Mm. And we, without even really meaning to, we take God out of the picture. 
we think, oh, well, that model of church is, is, is um, producing more people. So if we do that model, we'll produce more people. And you realize even as you say that sentence, that God isn't in that at all. And it's a really tempting thing. So even we tap into leadership podcasts where they talk about models, they talk about being strategic, and I think that they are fantastic. As long as you remind yourself time and time again that God's the one that grows the church, that it is God's church, and that we're just there trying to follow the Spirit in it. And and there will be room for models and strategic planning. But we have to be careful, of course, not to take God out of the picture altogether. Well, and the fact that uh, be careful that um, we're not taking the lead instead of God taking the lead. Mm. And within all the things that we do in church, really God should be taking the lead and, and we're meant to be the obedient sheep that follows the shepherd. I mean, yeah. that's our... Uh, that's our role. And and when we think that programs and systems and strategies are going to take us where we believe God wants to go, but not necessarily allowing God to do the leading, mm. then um, then we can get into trouble. Now, I, I love uh, listening to other people. I, I, I love listening to podcasts like ours. I mean, uh, uh, and I like to really explore those things. But I'm never looking to duplicate yeah. what someone else is doing. Uh, even the, the ministry uh, or the mission plan that we have for Gawler and and our, our discipleship model, it's not new. I mean, mm. we didn't come up with it from scratch. But what we've done is we've we've listened to the Spirit and we've, and we've uh, you know, God's spoken to us and we've pulled bits and pieces and we've seen the threads of God at work in, in what we've pulled together. And then we've pulled together something that's pretty uniquely just us mm. for our situation. And I, and I think that's the key. When you take a model from America or a model from a successful church in Australia or something like that, it doesn't mean that their model is wrong, but is it the right thing? for your community where you are right here and right now. Yeah, yeah. because uh, the reason that you're tuning in today and the reason that we're doing this podcast is because we want to see churches grow. Uh, not for the sake of uh, of just church growth, but because we want to see people come to know Jesus. That's, that's what it's about. And I think before we even uh, started recording this episode today, we were kind of not lamenting, but we were kind of just sitting and thinking, man, how do we get more people to know about Jesus? How do we how do we grow a church? And I think that that is a, a real burden on, on pastors' hearts. How can, how can we reach more people with the gospel? How can we engage more people? How can we get them into discipleship programs? How can we get them into prayer groups? Um, really so that they can grow as people of God. Um, and, and with that, there comes in some times and in some seasons, an element of desperation. Mm-hmm. And I think from that desperation, we start to lean away from what can be seeming as uncertain and, and uncontrollable in, in the spiritual sense of following God because we're not always given all the information we think we need mm. and we go to what we can control. And what you can certainly control as a church leader is models and processes and procedures and, 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 and strategic planning. Um, so there is a real danger there as well. I think the desperation, I think the hurting, the burden of wanting to see people come to faith is a God-given burden for pastors. Yeah. We're supposed to have it. We're supposed to weep over our cities and the people that aren't a part of God's kingdom. But we have to be very careful to allow God to speak into that because it seems that we have that burden, we feel that burden, and we take it upon ourselves 
to to do what we can on a physical level. But from one thing that I've learned is that a model doesn't grow a church. Uh, we were talking about uh, before the episode about Gawler and its evening service. Now, I, I think that the evening service at Gawler is fantastic. It was the first service I, I went to uh, when I was exploring faith, and it's been the one I've stayed with my whole faith journey. And for me, it's fantastic. I love the style of our service. I love our worship. I love how we have a time of community afterwards. But for some reason or another, we can't crack over 50 people in that service. We just can't do it. Yeah, it's been a struggle. Um, but but what I find interesting is that I love that service. There's so much in that service that I know will feed people. I don't think that we're running, running an outdated service. I think it's quite contemporary, and that's not even me just being proud of the service. I think it, in comparison to what I've seen and, and from what I've seen young people enjoy, we've got a, quite a good service. Hmm. But yet there's something behind the scenes that isn't bringing the people in. And that might be a practical thing. That might be certain people that aren't being as inviting as they should be. It might be a, a poor culture flaw that we've been talking about in the past. But one thing that we've learned is that models don't bring people in. It's what God's Spirit is doing in people's lives that bring people in. And that's what we need to focus on. Yeah, one of the, the dangers that I fall in constantly is, you know, when... When you're starting to see growth, you, you praise God for it and you mm. thank God for it. But as soon as numbers drop away and and uh, and it doesn't seem like the growth is happening anymore, mm. then the temptation is to seize control. You're really right. It's just about to grab hold of it with both hands and go, I'll do whatever I can. Mm. Let's get this shit back onto the growth path. I mean, God might be wanting to do a season of refining. Yeah. But if you never seek God to ask for the questions, and what I've learned is that whenever things start to go in that kind of direction, it, uh, I've got to learn to get out of the mentality of, okay, how do I fix this? And to the, to the mentality of, how can I start praying now mm. uh, in response to this? Mm. Uh, I believe that God wants all churches to grow. Yeah. I don't care what number they are. If you're five old people sitting in a little country church uh, mm. that are all over 85, I believe God can grow that yeah, church. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I believe that all we need to do is uh, position our hearts, uh, pray earnestly, uh, start talking about our faith to our friends, and God will do something. Mm, mm. And um, and I don't care if you're a church of 40, uh, 100, I, I don't care. Mm. I, I think God wants to grow his yeah. kingdom through his local church. I don't think it's in his plan for any church uh, to go backwards. I think it's always in his plan to go forwards yeah. uh, unless he's d doing a season of refining. So. For me, I mean, I've always got to remember that. Mm. And I've always got to remember the scripture that, you know, says that Jesus will grow his church mm. and, and not uh, not us. So so our response, I think, Geordie, needs to be that we've got to be ever careful not to jump into how do I fix it, but jump into how can I start praying for this now, Lord, to get us through this next season that we're heading towards. Mm. Mm. And, and that's the real challenge of leadership. It, it's, it's towing the practical and, and, and the here and now with, with the spiritual aspect of our faith, not, not discounting either of them because we do need to be, uh, as a church, professional. We need to be slick in how we operate, but we need to be deeply spiritual, following where the Spirit is leading us, no matter how bizarre it might be. And I think one thing that really does um, 
bring a church down um, is when there are personal agendas at play. And I think that's why um, some churches are as small as, as they are. Mm-hmm. It's because there are key people that are saying it has to be this way. Um, and I, I, I've, I kind of made a, a commitment just to myself that I never want to be that kind of Christian, that I never want to be a Christian that says, well, I, I enjoy church this way, so it has to stay this way. I never want to be that protective over a model. I, I certainly want to be that protective over, over a vision. Like I, I want to see the kingdom of God grow. That's something that I will always um, commit to. But when it comes to how that is, is played out in the world, I want that to be as flexible as possible. So I think we need to be willing as a church to just go where the Spirit is calling us to, no matter how scary it might be. Because the temptation is to really have an agenda, to kind of scheme together your own grand plan of how you're going to save the church or sometimes not so um, fantastic like that one, but actually scheming more, how can I keep it the way I like it? I mean, that's a common uh, when we go around to all kinds of different churches, not just the ones that we um, have leadership over. Is to um, is is we hear hear the common things. Um, we're lovely people. Why don't young people come and worship mm. with us? And 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 the bottom line is is that they most churches are really happy to have people come and, mm. and and worship with them as long as they come and don't change anything. Come yeah. in and worship the way that they want to worship. And yeah. but you start changing things, and and then all of a sudden. Uh, you know, things start to hit the fan mm. and, and work that way. So um, you're right, personal agendas do come into play. I, I, I like what what our response uh, at Gawler is at the moment from a leadership point of view. Um, you know, the, the leadership are, are, are saying, okay, our numbers aren't going upwards, they're, they're, they're dropping a little bit. Mm. And so they haven't gone to a... A program. All they've simply said to the people is, the only way that we're going to have see people come into the kingdom is to pray. So yeah. every service we're going to allocate a little bit of time for you to bring some names to God yeah. and say, can you please, uh, God, bring these people into the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Give me an opportunity to speak to them or someone else to speak to them, but we want to see them in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now I think that's just a great response to saying, uh, God. Um, it's your job to bring people into the kingdom. Yeah. Our job is to be faithful in doing what you ask us to do to help mm. that in the process. But it's God's job that to change people's hearts and minds and to draw people unto Himself. And so I, I think that's you know that's a that's a, a technique or a, not <laughs> but a but a, an example of how um, we could be you know knocking on doors and asking people about whether they know Jesus. But well, we've gone for the option of just saying, okay, we're just going to pray people in. We're going to see what God does in that environment. And what an incredible opportunity also to disciple and lead people well in your church. I think it's in crisis. That it's not just you as a leader that notices numbers dropping. The whole congregation mm. feels the drop of numbers. And how you respond will determine how you then disciple your congregation. If your response is is crisis ma- in crisis management is to uh, do something crazy and, and, and different and out there and, and really showing your true nature of clinging for control, um, then that's how um, you are discipling your congregation. But if you say, okay, we're, we're dropping in numbers, let's just pray. 
What an incredible uh, way to disciple your congregation and show that in crisis, we can't turn away from God, but we have to turn to God. Mm. I think that's an exciting opportunity. But also, if done poorly, can be a really detrimental thing to how other people then will deal with crisis in their life um, and how they will then uh, shape their relationship with God as well. So we have to be careful that our leadership actually reflects in people's discipleship and we have to be very aware of that that we have to respond to crisis and to struggle well and i think it's it's really key to turn back to what people seem to neglect the most just praying and saying god do something um, i think for me there's been as uh, that kind of lament and, and and yearning for god god to do more within the churches that we're a part of mm. Um, it's kind of really growing in me, and I really resonate with the story of Nehemiah with this. For me, seeing him kind of weeping and mourning over the, the over the city that is in ruin, I think for me that's something that's quite huge at the moment. Is I'm feeling this this real burden that people aren't in the kingdom of God, and that that then becomes a prayer. And then if you follow the Nehemiah story long enough, you then see God's provision in that. That it's through um, having your heart broken, then it's having um, a, a season of prayer and then all of a sudden through that prayer through that time of focusing on God we start then to see God's provision come and not that I want to read the Bible and try and find a three-step process to how to save your church but I look at people's journey and say yeah that's that's a really healthy and it's a really spiritual way to deal with Christ or to, or to deal with a loss so I think as leaders, we need to model that. I think we need to learn again how to cry over our cities and to cry over our towns, to let that break our hearts, mm. and then to turn that into a season of prayer. And from prayer, I do believe that we will see provision again within our churches. And if you can take your congregation on the journey with you in that, to have more prayer time, to have, maybe start up another prayer group if you have the energy for it, of course. But to open up a time where let's just pray and let's just lay our burdens down before God and say, God, can you fix this? I think is a really healthy way to to deal with um, a, a, a season of struggle within your church. Yeah, so, I mean, we always have an option in our faith, whether we are people who um, want to try and make God's promises happen in our own strength mm. or whether we allow God to do that. And I was preaching the other day, Geordie, about Abraham and Sarah and, mm. and how God had given them this, this promise of uh, an inheritance and a son that's going to inherit all they do and they try and manufacture it in their own strength mm. and it all goes pear-shaped. But then later, uh, God comes back again and says, now let me do it and, mm. and, and it gets done right. And, and I think that that's always a temptation that we have in the church, whether we try to manufacture it or we, we, we allow God's promises to come through. Mm. God promises to build his church. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't think we stand on that promise enough. I don't think we you say, God, uh, you know, we're, we're only 20 people, but you promised to grow your church. So God, show us how you want to grow your church. Mm -hmm. And to uh, you know, be honest as, and, and, uh, and to follow the directions of the Spirit. Now, you know, when, when people come to Christ, uh, God often asks them to deal with their relationships. Mm. And I think that if you come to God and say, God, you, uh, we know you want to grow your church. How do you want to do it? That he's going to start with the relationships. He's mm. going to start with how you treat each other. And we've talked about that in the culture stuff. Yeah. And then he's going to move on to how we treat people outside the community and how we connect with them.
And as we we allow God to speak into those things in our life, I think there's there's natural ways in which God will continue to grow His church. Certainly, I think another thing that God does in that season when you're asking Him to do something, when you're saying God will do anything, I think one, yes, He will address um, your relationships and really speaking to where your relationships are lacking. But I think as well, one thing that He really tries to address is where where are your idols mm. within a church and. And I think that's huge because I remember I sat down with a church once and I, I, I was really, really pitching vision as much as I could and, and trying to speak in new life. And, and I asked them, it was only a small group, and I said to them, what would you be willing, even we were sitting in the church at the time, what would you be willing in this church aesthetically that you'd be willing to get rid of to see new people come in? I was really going to see if we can get rid of some pews. Mm. Um, but I wanted to see where their response would be. And I said, what would it look like if we got rid of that cross on the wall why would why would why would we get rid of the cross, Jordan? That's just that that's important. I said, okay, but what if people would come and if we took it down? Oh uh, no, no, no. Okay, what about the communion table? Oh, Jordan, that that communion table has been in this church for a very long time. Yeah. I said, how about we add something? Could we add a drum kit, maybe? Uh, and you hear the idol calling their name. You you hear this tension of no, we can't do that. I think that if you're a part of a church that has this, or even perhaps if you're a leader that has this, you have those kind of off-limit sections of the ministry of the church, I think we need a bit of a reality check here, that if we really are asking God to grow the church, we have to lay the church down and say, God, it's yours. Because when we're saying, no, 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 that, that can never leave the church, or that can never change, then we're saying it's our church. That That's the, that's the Jordan Gorsey church where that can never change. You know, but if it's God's church, then it's about, okay, well, whatever you want us to get rid of, we'll get rid of. Anything you want us to change, we'll change. Keeping in mind, I don't think we should change theology. I don't think we should change some of those core principles of what it means to be a Christian church. But when it comes to, you know, how your worship services are set up, how you um, have an online presence or anything really practical within the church, are you willing to change it? for God to use it, I think is a huge question. I think we need to be in a place as a church where we will lay down everything before God and say, whatever you want, mm. we'll do it. Mm. And that might be the craziest thing ever, but it might just be the crazy thing that leads people into your community and into your church. I think that's a real challenge. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap it up and and to uh, just thank you for listening. Uh, please keep on uh, sending in emails uh, get, get people that you know to like us on Facebook and to subscribe us on um, Instagram on <laughs> Instagram or iTunes and uh, and really uh, help us to um, continue to see what God wants to do through this podcast. But thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a great time. Uh, we're going to slowly drift away from this beautiful uh, view that we have mm. before us and... Um, and go back and have something to eat. Mm, and, sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> and we'll catch you again next time. All right, catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net, and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.